Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome into the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante, along with a chilly Andrew P. Shea. Chill in the air, Andy. It's football weather out there. Real football weather, not the Indian summer football weather of last weekend. But it is it is cold, and there's a little chill around the Penn State football program right now, Jimmy. Just got to be honest. It's a little <laughs> frosty out there for the Penn State fans. I mean, let's face it. That was not anything that they would want to write home to mom and pa about from that Indiana game, other than the fact that they won. Winning, as James Franklin says, you never apologize for winning. But uh, you're right about the the true winter or wintery football weather going on. You know, Andy, I'm a Penn State fan, okay? I went to Penn State. I've never apologized for it. That's who I am. However, if I were a five-star football player coming out, I'd probably go play in the Southeast Conference where it's warmer. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play in the Big Ten, show up in Ann Arbor in November. Anyway, let's get to those Penn State Nittany Lions, Andy. This week we had the first college football playoff rankings, and your one-loss Nittany Lions came in at number 11. Is that the right place for them? Uh, yeah, I, I actually think... So, yeah, they're, they're among the one-loss teams, right? There's, what, eight of them? Eight one-loss teams in the college football playoff rankings, and they're six out of eight. So that's a better way to look at it is where are they among the other one-loss teams? Uh, and six out of eight, yeah, they just don't have any – they don't have a good – a really good win, Jimmy. That's their that's their problem in front of them, right? They, they, they have a good loss – you know, and most of the others have a good loss as well. Oregon certainly has a good loss, but they don't really have a good win to hang their hat on. So they're just going to be stuck in that Neverland. I mean, it comes back to Michigan and Ohio State again, but they don't have any meat on their bone, Jimmy. And Indiana didn't help last week. It didn't help. You know, I'll be uh, candid with you, Andy. My initial reaction to the rankings was negative, that Penn State deserved to be higher with their only loss being to being to number one ranked Ohio State. But upon further review, you hit it exactly, uh, hit the nail on the head. They don't have the quality win. Everybody else above them with one loss has has a better win. Oregon beat Utah, um, Ole Miss beat LSU, Alabama beat Tennessee, Oklahoma has their win over Texas, Texas has the uh, the win over Alabama. Each one of those teams has a win over a ranked opponent. Penn State's best win, Iowa. That's an unranked Maybe. Iowa team. Or Northwestern's so. a five hundred football team. Maybe. You know, I'm just saying, Jimmy. It's they're all it's it's a lot of the you know same ingredients in in the in the Penn State schedule soup. It kind of all looks the same a little bit. West Virginia, 
Iowa, Northwestern, that kind of all looks the same, right? Indiana, you know, well, less impressive of a victory, but it still kind of looks the same. Iowa is 6-2. and two. That's probably got to be their best win. And, you know, could Iowa have snuck in at the bottom of the rankings, maybe at 24, 25? Possible. But they didn't. And even if they did, that's still not as good a win as any of the teams ranked ahead of them. So here's my question for you, Andy. Here's my sure. question, and it's a huge if. I'm not overlooking Maryland, but let's say Penn State takes care of business. Next week they play Michigan at home. If they beat Michigan, is that not the best win among these one-loss teams? And should Penn State next week in the rankings go to the top of the one-loss teams if they could beat Michigan? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't tell you it was going to be easy, yeah, Andy. Jimmy. They got to win this week, but in in retrospect, you beat. Uh, you expect Michigan to still be in the top four. You beat one of the top four that's unbeaten. You should go to the front of the one loss pack. That that it makes perfect sense. Would it be a better loss than Washington? Well, Michigan's ranked. Washington is it as it sits right now, right? So they should be in front of Oregon. I would I would argue that that's they could make a fairly strong case if 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 and if again they beat Michigan. Yes. Again, I told you, it's a monster if Andy, it truly is, but at that point you would have I think the best win among the one loss teams and you would have the best loss projecting that Ohio State would still be the number one team. So I think getting worked up now as a Penn State fan is is useless. Wait till after Michigan. If you lose that game, well, you have no discussion here at all. But if you win, I think then you have that argument. Okay, let's move on to those Nittany Lions. Uh, Andy, you mentioned the the win against Indiana. And I think that was a bit of... We see it every year, that hangover against Ohio State. By the way, Ohio State has suffered that same kind of hangover after playing Penn State, too. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, But a few things happened in that game that I want your reaction to. First interception for Drew Aller came at really bad time late in the game, but in the long run, is it kind of good for him to get that interception out of the way? Yeah, there, <clears throat> I don't know if there is good timing for your first interception when you've gone more than 300 throws to start your career without throwing a pick. But it almost felt like, particularly in the last couple of games, Jimmy, that you kind of felt he wasn't intentionally not trying to throw an interception, but he was taking extra special care to make sure he didn't make a mistake with the football. Does that make sense? Kind of, if you look at the last two games, he wasn't not trying to throw the ball, but he was like, I'm, I've been told to be very careful, so I am going to be extra careful. I'm glad he got one off of his chest. It wasn't well-timed. He didn't see it because he was on his keister because he's not getting the greatest protection. He didn't get the greatest protection last week. He did not get much help from the guys up front. And, I mean, he gifted Indiana, like, right on a silver platter. He gifted the football game 
to Indiana on the silver platter with that pick. They said, no, thank you. We don't want our silver platter. We'll just take a regular-looking spoon and kick a field goal. And he said, okay, now I'm going to have to cut you. Right? That's basically what he did was he recovered from a mistake at a second level. And, and Andy, the thing of it is, getting it out of the way, yes, uh, Indiana possession is a whole nother discussion, what they did. But uh, Drew Aller's reaction after that, his performance on the field after that was exemplary. And I do think that there's this not throwing an interception has been such a topic since even before the season started. Remember James Franklin talking, oh, our last 14 practices, he's not thrown an interception. The, you know, uh, the whole program is in your hands when you have the ball. And, you know, our colleague Landon Tenwell, he even talked about, you know, they have meetings and that's still written up on the whiteboard, you know, how important not having. And and I think that registered with Drew Aller, perhaps even a little too much that he was getting a little too conservative. So we shall see. Hopefully that will kind of break things open for him going forward. The other takeaway from that Indiana game, let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's talk to defense a little bit, Andy. Very uncharacteristic. Two big plays uh, by Indiana. One of them, a player, a DB, just plain got beat. The other one, it was a blunder, miscommunication, uh, left the receiver wide open. The other concern was the second half, Indiana had back-to-back long 12 and 14 play drives. My question to you is, what concerns you more, those two big plays or the two long drives? Yeah, neither one concerns me a lot, really, Jimmy. I mean, the two big plays are going to happen. Play, good players are going to get beat. He, he just got beat, and a mistake will happen. Despite the level of defense that Penn State has played at, they're not perfect. So that was a big, glaring mistake. The two drives have a little bit of concern for them, but they didn't. they didn't change the game, right, Jimmy? They didn't, like, tilt the field drastically in Indiana's favor. You know what I mean? They kind of, you know, they kind of probably hurt the pride of Penn State's defense a little bit more than anything because they kind of like to shut you down and and sort of put a, you know, bow and ribbon on a football game. But they couldn't do that against Indiana. And it wasn't their best day overall. That was part and parcel of it just wasn't a good day for their defense overall. It was not their best. It was their worst performance of the year. Timing is everything. It's not a bad time to have it, but I didn't see anything that sent off, you know, red alarms on those last two drives, other than the fact that they just weren't, it just wasn't their day. And it was the exception for this defense, not the norm. That's what grabs me, Jimmy. You ask if it was I concerned about it. It's because it was so, it stood out to you probably because it was like, what the heck is going on? Because it was the exception, not the norm. I had some concerns about those two long drives. And where I will disagree with you is it did change that game. You Penn State went into halftime up 17-14. You texted me, what am I looking for in the second half? And I said, Penn State's getting the kickoff. March down the field, they score, they'll be up two scores, and that'll essentially be the end of the game because you know the defense will put the hammer down. They 
Penn State did march down the field and score, and then the defense didn't put the hammer down. Right. And that's what you expect. And at that point of the game, Indiana ran 26 of the next 29 plays from scrimmage were run by Indiana. Okay. To me, that changed the whole tone of the game. And at the very end, if Indiana had taken advantage of that turnover, I would have looked back at that those three possessions in a row where Indiana had very long drives. Penn State had a three and out in between as what changed this game. So I'm not worried, worried going forward, but that to see an Indiana team march down the field against this Penn State defense was a bit disconcerting. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number one. Quarter two, we'll start looking at Maryland. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. He's Andy. I'm Jim. Quarter number one, we just kind of wrapped up where things are for the Nittany Lions at this point in the season. Now, Andy, it's time to look ahead. This Nittany Line team travels to Maryland, take on those mighty Terrapins. And in Maryland, it's always an interesting team. It feels to me like every year they're like, this is the year. This is the time. They maybe come out hot. If, you know, it, it's interesting if it, Penn State plays them early in the year, we hear about, 
you know, Maryland being 3-0 and at that point, undefeated, ready to uh, show themselves in the uh, Big Ten East division. Meanwhile, they had wins over teams like Towson and such. And this year, where they were going to announce their appearance on the national stage was against Ohio State. They were 5-0. and They go to Columbus. It's tied at halftime. And if I remember correctly, I think they even took the lead in the second quarter, Andy. At that point, this team is 5-0. and They're up on one of the top teams in the country at their place in the second half. And then, is there any other way to explain it, but Maryland <clears throat> is going to Maryland? Yeah, <laughs> there is. They, when they fall off the cliff, Jimmy, it's never a five-foot drop, right? <clears throat> Maryland never has a five-foot drop off a cliff. They're always doing the 65-foot Acapulco cliff dive off the cliff. That's just how Maryland does it. They they were they haven't they haven't had much success since that since it was halftime against Ohio State. It was like they haven't even come up for air and seen a light yet. You know, um, they got they got beat soundly. Ohio State's defense showed up and really kind of put the kibosh on um, Maryland's offense. And then Ohio State just it was a steamroll downhill. They lost to Illinois in a tight game. Offense did not their offense is, has not done what it's supposed to. Last week, their defense doesn't show up, right? Northwestern's quarterback goes absolutely ape crazy. A backup quarterback, barely an FBS, you know, recruit, walk on, who now has to be Northwestern starter because of injury. He's got some he's played a little bit, but man, he ripped Maryland to shreds last week with his yards per completion and throwing the ball down the field. So it's been a monster mash, to be honest, Jimmy, of nightmares for Maryland. But they have fallen off a cliff, and I don't know. If you're trying to find your offense, is Penn State's defense one you want to be trying to find it against? They've been okay defensively overall. They're going to face an offense that might give them some opportunity to feel like they can win this football game. The matchups in this one are going to matter as to which team feels comfortable in its own skin. Yeah, Andy, I think Penn State's the more talented team, but but there are some concerns here. First, let's talk about Maryland. Let's talk about the um, the quarterback, Talia. He's got a puncher's chance, and he's got a couple of good receivers. I think this comes down to, can Maryland get a quick lead? Will Penn State start slow, give Maryland an opportunity early, where Maryland starts to believe, hey, we could actually win this game. Yeah, he's he's he drives everything for them, right? Uh, both sides of the ball, even though he doesn't play defense, he sets the tone, temperature, and tenor for everything that's going on around that football team. They're going to throw. He, you know, I think he throws. Only Sanders at Colorado throws the ball more than he does um, through, you know, basically eight games. He's completing a good percent of his patches. He's make, he makes really hard throws look easy sometimes, but he also will make the really, really simple mistake, particularly under pressure. This is where Manny Diaz and Penn State's pressure against Maryland and uh, 
Talia's Tagovailoa's ability to handle pressure in the pocket and still be able to function, that's where the rubber is going to meet the road because Penn State's equipped to really give him a hard time, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't function well in it. It's it's not anything that's hidden or it's something that's like a, a hidden thing about him. It's very obvious. He does not handle pressure well, and he'll make some mistakes that make you scratch your head. He'll also make throws that make you go like, oh, my God. But at the same time, Penn State's going to be – I think Penn State is incumbent in this game to make him uncomfortable. You can't let him get comfortable. The longer he's comfortable, the lo- the better chance Maryland has in the football game. That's basically the way they've been knocked off there against – Illinois and Northwestern both made him a little more uncomfortable than he wanted to be. And that, that changed everything for the Maryland football team. And yeah, we should point out Northwestern, Northwestern sacked him six times last week, Andy. Now of those six, I read somewhere, someone called it like a three and three, three sacks, three times. Maybe he should have gotten rid of the ball, but he does put up 38 passes a game. To your point of that's he's the guy who he's the straw that stirs this drink. So if he's on playing well, uh, Maryland has a chance. It's up to the Penn State defense to put some pressure on him. Going to the other side of the ball, what I think makes this interesting is Penn State's offense, and more specifically, Drew Aller has not played well on the road. And it's not just that he had uh, – against uh, Ohio State, but also against Northwestern, against Illinois, he did not play particularly well, not close to how he's played at home. So what should you be looking for if you're the Penn State fan from Drew Aller in this game on the road? I think you, if the Northwestern quarterback can do it, why shouldn't Drew Aller be given the opportunity to do it? That's just the way I see it, Jimmy. I don't want to hand the games to the running backs. I'm tired of seeing Penn State's offense sort of try and go to another level through the running backs. I'm not kicking the running backs. I'm saying the running game isn't that – it doesn't have that much pop to it, Jimmy. It just doesn't. They're not. There's not a lot of long runs. There's not a lot of tackles being broken. It's functional. I mean, they played the worst defense in the Big Ten last week, committed to trying to function well against that, and fell flat on their face against it. There, there's no other way to put it of what the run game did. They had 132 yards last week against a run defense that averaged 175 yards coming in. That means it's time to give the ball to the quarterback. Give him the ball. Let him run the offense and be the focal point of the offense. I think it's time to make him the focal point of the offense. <clears throat> Northwestern's quarterback in that game became the part and parcel of everything that Northwestern did. Why not give Drew Aller a shot at that? I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. And I, Maryland's pretty good against the run. They're going to give Penn State a hard time against the run because they're decent at it. You're decent at it. You're going to give Penn State a hard time. I don't know, Jimmy. Am I too far out on the reservation? Hand him the keys and let him go and see what he can do? I would not have a problem with that, Andy. But I also you know, want to talk about the offensive coordinator, the play calling, especially we saw it against Ohio State, but we also saw it against Indiana. It just seemed like it totally lacked any imagination. 
it didn't feel like Drew Aller or the offense on a whole is being helped by the play calling. You know, you first down, you expect the run up the middle. You're not seeing diversity on that first down offense. You're not seeing the wide receivers being schemed open because they need help also. There's just not – it doesn't feel like Drew Aller is given any help around him, not just by his teammates, but also right. by the coaching staff. Agreed. So if if I might put it a little different where you're saying give him the keys to the car, I'm saying, you know what, make passing the ball easier for him. Find ways to make it easy. Pass on running downs. Do the things that make his job a little bit easier, and, and we'll see what happens from there. Okay, Andy, it, it's prediction time. The spread, I believe it was up to double digits, but it's now down. It's at eight and a half points, a little more than a touchdown. Over-under is at 51 points. Let's hear your prediction and your bold prediction. So the spread going down has everything to do with Penn State's defense. It has nothing to do with Maryland. It has nothing to do with Penn State's offense. My part and parcel of this game, I think Penn State's defense can – control this game and impact it. I think ultimately they probably looking at it beforehand, they're the group that's going to have a say in the final outcome of this game. I I think they're a little ticked off at what, what they did last week. And that was the exception. I can't bring that up enough. They haven't really looked like that. So I think they'll be back, but here's what I want to see. And I I, I think this is, it's kind of sounds stupid, but I think it's a very valid point. I'd like to see Penn State's football players on TV look like offensively, especially the ones you get to see their face through their helmets. I'd like to see them look like they're having a little bit of fun. Football for the Penn State offense for the last month, for basically the most part for the past three weeks, has not looked very fun, Jimmy. I'm not seeing a lot of football fun going on. I think it's time to sort of dial back the pressure on this, do stuff that you normally wouldn't do. In other words, let's do a little bit of what we're we're not we don't think we're built to do. Let's try some of it and see what happens. The definition of stupidity would be to do the same crap you've been doing the last two weeks. If you see the same crapola you've been looking at the last two weeks, then you're going to look at another tractor pull. I still think this is going to be a tractor pull. I can't see everybody getting out of the way and letting this let Penn State offense have some fun. I'm dying for those kids to look like they're having fun because I know what it looks like. Penn State 31, Maryland 20. Okay, very good. I actually have it at 31-17. The only thing I disagree with, I think if the spread is uh, moving Maryland's way, I think it's because of the Penn State offense. I think the national narrative really, really reacted to that performance against Ohio State. And I think people who hadn't seen Penn State at all, except for that game, that's what they're reacting to. I think they're saying, you know what? This is not a very good Penn State offense. And, you know, there's a lot of reality to that. You watch this team over the last couple weeks. You watch them on the road. I still believe there's a lot more talent there. Boy, we're just waiting to see it, though. When are we going to see the breakout from those, uh, those running backs, too? All right, Andy, that's it for quarter two. Stick around. Quarter three, we've got your questions, and we're going to ask 
Andy. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. We take your questions. We give them to Andy. He'll pick out a best question at the end of the segment. And that person will win the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. All right, Andy, are you ready to roll? I am ready, Jimmy. Let's let's go. All right, let's do it. Before we start, though, just a reminder, if you want to send your question to Andy, very simple, just download our app, Keystone Sports. That's it. Download Keystone Sports. You'll see the button to ask Andy his questions. All right. Let's start with Dave from Johnstown who says, Hey, Andy and Jim. I like when they include me on these, Andy. Um, I feel like something isn't right with this offense. Wide receivers don't get separation. Running backs aren't performing like last year. The offensive line has just been okay. And the five-star quarterback isn't living up to expectations. With all of that going on, is it fair to put the heat on the offensive coordinator? What he said, what you said, Dave, is a full word salad of is it fair to put it on the offensive coordinator? Yes. He calls the plays. He tells them what to do. He sets the strategy. He sets the plan, the purpose. He tells these young men where they're going to be pointing their gun and where they're going to try and make their hay as an offense. He's telling He's sort of directing them 
to be the best of what they can be. He's responsible for that. He is the one that puts them in position to be successful. So is this the responsibility of the offensive coordinator? Absolutely, 100%. Players play, but coaches put them in that position. And he's clearly in charge of the plays. Although I found it interesting, Coach Franklin had a play sheet last week, right, Jimmy? He also was questioned about Mike Yursage um, in his press conference and gave a less than ringing endorsement for him, which which I found interesting. Now, I think he's a Mike Yursage fan and all that, but um, I I think it's time for James Franklin to step in. Not over necessarily play calling, but he's got to say, hey, Mike, you know, we've got to be doing something different. What's going on now isn't working. All right, let's go to Brian from Forsyth County in Georgia, who says the Indiana game got me thinking that maybe 2020 and 2021 is what this team truly is. In one word, limited. Is Penn State closer to a 500 team or a playoff contender? In other words, should 9-3 and three be the baseline going forward until proven otherwise? Wow, that is deep. It's Brian, right? That was Brian? Yeah. Yep. Brian, that is... Brother, that is that is straight cuts like a knife straight at it. Um, they are nine and three until proven otherwise, Jimmy. To answer his question in a nutshell, they're not. They might be college football playoff talent potential, but they're nine and three expectation until that changes. Right? I, I can't. I can't say that they're a college football playoff suitor. Even I don't think they're a suitor. They're nine and three. It, to, to answer his question, Brian, it's nine and three until proven otherwise. You know, Andy, what's interesting is how many teams, though, are considered on that higher tier? We have this conversation in some form right. almost every week. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. You know what? Clemson used to be there. They're not there anymore. Okay, Michigan is now there. Until two years ago, Michigan fans were asking to get rid of Jim Harbaugh with two games. His uh, defeating Ohio State the last two seasons changed the entire narrative at Michigan, forgetting Correct. what's going on now with the cheating thing. Right, Those two games. James Franklin could change the narrative the same way with two games. Beat those two teams, Ohio State and Michigan, or at least split with them. He's got another chance. The whole narrative changes if he beats Michigan in a week and a half, Andy. Yeah, everything changes. I don't and think nine and three is him, terrible, Jimmy. Nine and three is not changes. terrible. Nine and <laughs> well, three is not terrible, is it? The fans do not want to hear even ten and two, Andy. All right, let's go to Doug in Wellsboro, who says, "Why don't they put two guys back to receive punts, especially when the number one thing is not to let it hit the ground?" They don't have to be side-by-side. One could even be shorter and another deeper. It really costs them in the Ohio State game. Man, I can't remember the last time I saw a college team put two guys back in the punt. Can you, Jimmy? I mean, with the speed of the special teams, I think you need more guys covering. You know, you need more guys covering their fast guys so that they just don't go down and and take any chance away. I I didn't think that was necessarily a killer. It was just field position. I thought it was actually – 
I think they're talking about the one where Hardy let it go over his head. Yes. Kind of. Yes. He misjudged it. It's better to let it go than make the mistake and give them the ball guaranteed. So it's interesting. I I I I don't think you need it anymore, but it's a good concept, Doug. I don't mind the question at all, but I I just don't think it fits in the modern game. Um, I th- I think he makes a valid point though. If your concern is fielding the ball and not losing yardage, not giving up yardage you'd have a better chance to do that. And I would like to see statistics on how often the punt returner calls for a fair catch versus making a return. Or I should even say uh, either calls a fair catch or gets tackled immediately, which in effect creates the same thing. All right, let's go to uh, John in Bear, Delaware. Watching that first Indiana 90-yard TD, it really looked to me like number three pushed both Cam Miller and Jalen Reed in the back. Should at least one of these have been called, or am I still wearing my blue and white glasses? Thanks, Andy, and love the show, Jim. Ah, Thanks, John. Which play was he talking about again, Jimmy? Was it the... The 90-yard play, uh, Jalen Reed got beat, and there was a little bit of... Blue and white glasses all the way there, John. No, it was, they were, A, they got beat, and then they kind of didn't track back very well either, right? Like, that's a combo, right? You get, you get beat at the spot, and then you don't track back great. You just, just, you just had a bad play. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Um, It was surprising though, wasn't it? As a Penn State fan, I'm sure it was for all you guys for me watching, I was like, oh my gosh, did they just do that? Like, did that actually happen? Because you haven't seen it all year, like not even anything close to it. And it was just such a shock to the system that, what do you mean they didn't track back and catch them? They always track back and catch them. They're that good. So it was just, it was a very fortunate play for Indiana. It, it, well, everything just fell into place. And whenever I see a play like that, Andy, I wonder why it doesn't happen more often. You know, when you have someone one-on-one, all it did was uh, Jalen Reed, a quick look inside, a quick hesitation or step forward, and and that play was over. All right, let's go to Joe and Elizabeth. He says, another frustrating game against Indiana, but glad we pulled out the win. I believe the whiteout games have elevated our brand, increased our national respect, and helped acquire better coaches and has helped um, improve recruiting. I wonder if Coach Franklin will be able to achieve elite status for our program until he learns how to get our team able to show up with their A game for afternoon kickoffs, especially when playing away. Seems Franklin allows the team to be too dependent upon the energy, enthusiasm, and support of our fan base. My question to you is, what do you think James Franklin needs to do to remedy this problem? First of all, Andy, is it a problem? Yeah, I mean, look at his record against top 10 opponents, Jimmy. Particularly on the road, right? Like, it's... Well, I think there's even more going... There's more going on, though. I think he's talking more about... You play Ohio State, you know, that's one thing. But you're... You're tied with Northwestern at halftime on the road. You start slow against Illinois. I think you're that's in, where the issue is. You're in life or death and at home in the fourth quarter. You're in a life or death game with Indiana. That's that's at home, so that's different, Jimmy. That means if you're looking at 2023, it's just not – you just can't pin it on, you know, playing away from Beaver Stadium and 
playing a, a, an opponent early in the day. This was at home right in their wheelhouse. Five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, life or death with Indiana. So it means there's something to me. There just seems to be a structural fault line that I you can't overtly identify. Do you know what I mean, Jimmy? Like they lose to Ohio State. No matter how well they play or what it looks like, the result is always the same. This year, they didn't perform very good offensively. They just didn't. They've performed well offensively against Ohio State and have gotten beat, gotten beat convincingly or gotten beat late in heartbreaking fashion. And Michigan, it's more of a 50-50 prop, but lately the games haven't been good ones. So there's a fault line of the next level of some sort. I can't really identify it for you. If I if I could, I'd obviously be, you know, much better off financially. But there it's just there's something that they can't get to that lets them perform in those bigger games. And that is something that's a fault line structurally underneath it. You know, Andy, I'm going to take a little different tact on this, which is I'm not sure these kind of things, the emotional up and downs aren't happening everywhere. We talked about, we talked about Maryland, you know, Maryland fans are saying, where's that team that was five and Oh, where's that team that was taking it to Ohio state. They were ahead in the second half. That's this Maryland team. And even if you lose to Ohio State on the road, at least represent yourself well, close loss, you shouldn't then lose to Illinois and Northwestern the two following weeks. And it's the same way Oklahoma coming off of the beating Texas. They then barely hold on to beat a not very good Central Florida team. You can go through most of these teams throughout the country And I'll give the last thing is, if you're at Michigan, you're at Penn State, you say, why can't we be like Ohio State? You know what Ohio State fans are saying? How come we can't win a national championship? Ryan Day can't win the big games, okay? So I think there's some of that reaction everywhere. All right, Andy, we need a winner. Who's it going to be? You know, I like David Johnstown because he just came out and asked it, is this the coordinator's problem? And he said it out loud, so I'm going to go with Dave. What good question, and he's he's right. It, it, the answer is yes. And and he started his premise was good about the yep. Uh, you know, hey, these players uh, these players are underperforming. That's what's going on. It, it is what's happening. All right, Andy, that is it. Your time is up with us. Come quarter four, stick around. We've got Sean Gold. We're going to do Sean's take. He's going to look ahead to this weekend's games. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Sean Gold. It's time for Sean's Take. This is where we take a look at some upcoming games and the college football schedule for this weekend. Sean gives us his take on them, hence the name, Sean's Take. It all fits there, Sean. And he will give us some winners like he did last week. Sean, back on the winning side, three and two. It's about time. It's about time. Yes, very good. Yes, last week we had a good week, three and two. That worked out well, and that's not all the good news. Now you also have your website up and running. Tell our listeners about it, what they can find there. Yes, the big way is over. So if you head over to Sean'sTake.com, not only will you get access to the Sean's Take podcast, other information about Sean's Take, but our online shop is finally live. So you can rep the merch now. It's out. The moment is here. <laughs> Very good. And that's Sean's take. Sean is S-H-A-U-N. So that's S-H-A-U-N-S take.com. I recommend you head over there. All right, Sean, enough of that. Enough of the self-promotion. Let's move forward and look at the games this week. Some really fun games this week. I'm dying to hear what you have to say about them. As always, let's start with the home team. Let's start with Penn State. The Nittany Lions are at Maryland. Penn State, a 10-point favorite. Maryland, and I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, Maryland will always Maryland. They were 5-0, and playing really well against Ohio State. I think it was 10-10 at halftime. Since the start of that second half, they are now 0-3, overall 5-3, so that's a three-game losing streak for them. What do you say for that game, Sean? Well, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to make a point that Maryland hasn't been good since about week five and a half. And I say five and a half because that's halftime after the Ohio State game. So if this was pre-Ohio State, Penn State football right now, 
Penn State would have opened up this as probably a 20-point favorite with how Maryland's playing right now. So I think minus 10 for Penn State is too low. I know Ohio State wasn't great. I know last week against Indiana wasn't great, but I do think this is a very good correctional week for the Nittany Lions. I think they're going to go into Maryland, play some Penn State football that we saw earlier in the season, and get back on track and say, hey, you know what? We are still a powerhouse program. We need to start acting like it. We got to start feeling sorry for ourselves for what happened against Ohio State and get back on track and try to get ready for Michigan and see if we can pull off the upset there. So I'm big on Penn State this week. I think there was overcorrection for this line. Give me Penn State with the points. I'm with you on that one. I know I've been on Penn State uh, throughout, but I think this is a time to correct, as you said, Maryland. Uh, They are back down to earth. Three losses in a row, culminating with a loss at Northwestern. Things aren't going well in Terrapin land right now. I think the Nittany Lions will be able to take advantage of it. Their close win against Indiana, that's their typical hangover after the Ohio State game. We've seen that one before. All right, let's move on. Let's get to Kansas State at Texas. Uh, Texas is a four and a half point favorite. And this is one of those games where I took a look earlier in our show, Sean. Some of those teams, those one-loss teams that are ahead of Penn State, several of them have big games, losable games coming up. And this is one with Texas, a top-10 team, hosting Kansas State. Yeah, I really struggled with this game because I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. And Texas, after they lost to Oklahoma, I kind of thought their playoff hopes were done. But with Oklahoma losing, with some of the other teams picking up one loss, Texas is right back in the mix with everything. But we have seen Kansas State pull off some big upsets before. And they are not a team you want to play when your season is kind of in make-or-break mode, which it is for Texas right now. Kansas State's offense is clicking. Their defense is playing really well, too. It's, it's an underrated unit for sure. And I hate to say this, but Texas has been a program that finds ways to screw it up. They had everything going for them. And this isn't the first year they've had everything going for them when they then fall apart. And I'm worried about that for Texas. They're at home. I think they may be too comfortable in this game. So I'm definitely on upset alert here today. And I'm going to go bold and say that Kansas State covers this narrow spread on the road. Very good. I could see that happening. And that's just Kansas State, I think people forget before the year, there were several people picking them to win the Big 12, and they're still right there. I believe they only have one conference loss also, so they're still playing for something. Uh, I like that pick also. All right, let's go out west. Let's go to Pac-12. It's Washington at USC. Washington undefeated. They have that big win a few weeks back against Oregon to be at the top of the Pac-12. Obviously a lot to play for there. Meanwhile, USC, they've really come back down to earth. Uh, They always lose to Utah, it seems. They've got a second loss now, getting shellacked by Notre Dame. They had another close call. It just seems like they can't get their act together, at least on defense. This game is at USC but Washington, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Logically, when you look at this game, everything screams Washington. Washington has big-time wins. Their offense is one of the best in the countries, and they do not have the same defensive concerns that we have about USC. 
However, while I say logically, this is not logical. Nothing about sports predictions is always logical. The Pac-12 has been absolutely crazy. It's a great conference. We've got a lot of good teams. And on any given day, anyone in this conference can beat anyone. And so while USC has looked pretty atrocious the past couple of weeks, to be blatantly honest about it, I think they're going to get their act together for this game. People are very low on the Trojans right now, and understandably, but... Sometimes when you get too low on a team, that's when they come back to bite you. And I've got a feeling that USC is going to correct a lot of things. And we're going to see the USC offense that we saw in the beginning of the season to see Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley go have a genius offensive performance. And we're going to leave talking about how much of a mastermind Lincoln Riley is and how Caleb Williams is the future of the NFL. And I think I think that that can happen this week. So I'm going with the Trojans over Washington to pull off the upset and what may be the biggest upset of the week. That, I think, is a pretty good call. It's as soon as you get too down on a team, which I think people are on USC right now, that's when they'll come back to to bite you. They still have games with Washington this weekend. They also have a game with Oregon a little later on in the season. It'll be... I just feel like they're going to come up and bite somebody. I think more likely uh, Washington. All right, let's go now to the Southeast Conference. In fact, we've got a couple games from down there. And one of them is LSU at Alabama. It's interesting. Alabama is the home team and a three-point favorite. And this kind of looks like the Southeast Conference West Division Championship game. The winner of this one will have the leg up. And uh, how do you see that one going? Alabama's not who they have been in the past, but they have been getting their act together as this season progresses. Yeah, Alabama's a team that's looked better and better since their loss early in the season. They've, they've continuously put that loss behind them and are kind of steamrolling through some people right now. And I got to say, Alabama LSU, this is the game I'm looking forward to the most. This is must-watch TV. LSU, though is making a case that they may have the best offense in college football. They have been tearing through opposing defenses. Jaden Daniels looks like he may be a front runner for a Heisman Trophy if he wins this game with the way he's been playing recently. So I've gone with a couple upsets already, and I'm going to make it another one here. I'm going to take LSU over Alabama at Alabama. It's a big stage, but I think that LSU is built for this, and I think they may, may be one of the most dangerous teams in college football right now with how they've turned things around since their couple bumps in the road early on in the season. You know, Sean, we were talking earlier on our show about where Penn State fans' rooting interest should be. And, of course, what they want are those top 10 teams, especially those one-loss teams that are ahead of them, to lose, get that second loss. Here's an opportunity for that to happen. Alabama right now is ahead of Penn State, but they do have that one loss. An LSU win in this game will give them that second loss and bump the Nittany Lions up. So Sean's picking LSU, and this is a game, Penn State fans, you could have a rooting interest in it also. All right, let's move on to another Southeast Conference game, and that's Missouri at Georgia. Um, Georgia, a 15-point favorite, better than two touchdowns. Missouri is a one-loss team. They are also, this is the game that they could really put themselves on the map. It would be as good a win as anyone would have in the country. Georgia seems to be human 
not unbeatable, and especially with Brock Bowers out, if there's ever a game that Missouri could put themselves on the national stage, this is it. It doesn't sound like Las Vegas believes in Missouri yet. Well, look, I've already gone LSU with the upset. I've gone USC with the upset. I've gone Kansas State with the upset. Dare I go Missouri here? Absolutely not. If this was earlier in the year, I think I would have taken Missouri, but I do think Georgia is a different team right now. I think they've turned the page, and I think they're getting in their groove. And most importantly, I think the Georgia Bulldogs are very, very upset about how the college football playoff rankings came out and them not being number one right now. I believe they're number three, correct me if I'm wrong, behind Ohio State and Michigan. So them seeing themselves ranked at number three when they've been the number one team in the country for the past two years, I don't think that's going to sit sit well with them. They're at home. The crowd's going to be bumping. I like Georgia to make a big-time statement this week. I think that that's an interesting uh, comment because – there's some incentive there, and you don't know if you've been seeing that from Georgia. This is also an opportunity for them against a ranked opponent. Their schedule hasn't been the toughest around, and this is an opportunity for them to make a statement against a good, if not great, Missouri team. So I see why, why you would want to uh, go with the Georgia Bulldogs, despite a very big number. That's a 15-point spread there. All right. Sean, let's review it really quick. You've got Penn State over Maryland as a 10-point favorite. Kansas State, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas. I'm sorry, a four-and-a-half-point underdog, uh, Texas. You have USC at home, a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Washington. LSU on the road at Alabama as a three-point underdog. And finally, Georgia as a 15-point favorite. They're hosting Missouri. Some very good picks. And remember, if you want to get more from Sean's Take, all you got to do is go to his new website now. That's seanstake.com. That's Sean, S-H-A-U-N, Sean's Take. Go there. Lots more information. Thank you for the pick, Sean. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.